Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Football is many things. Unpredictable, exciting, colourful, passionate, absorbing, expensive. Venal, infuriating, exasperating, time-consuming, depressing. But one thing it most certainly is not, is a level playing field. Welcome to the famous sloping pitch. And so the circle of football continues with goodbyes to Eden Hazard and John Eustace and hello again to Wayne Rooney, who's been confirmed as Birmingham City's new manager, despite a late flurry of bets on Holly Willoughby. The date (laughs) that I think everybody will be wanting to look for is December the 16th, when Birmingham hosts Leicester in what some people well, me, uh, are already calling the Wagatha Christie Derby. Oh, uh, yeah. Is, yeah, that's what I'm looking forward to. Ah, well, obviously, it's in my mind because we played less at the weekend. And Vardy is still playing, isn't he? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah, no, the Wayne Rooney thing is, uh, is uh, well, it's peculiar a little bit, isn't it? I mean, one minute he's being mutually agreed to leave DC United because they're not matching each other's ambitions anymore or some such thing, and then immediately linked with Birmingham City, who then, as soon as Rooney was free, sack John Eustace after two wins back-to-back had lifted them to sixth, one of those wins against West Brom, which is pretty much what they what they ask for at Birmingham City in the in the in the fan base anyway yeah but, John um, Eustace, you, you know you, you, the, he played for Stoke actually and mm. it, exactly the sort of player you want in your team you know just fully committed blah blah and has done really well at Birmingham you know, where they've 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 had their fair share of troubles <laughs> yeah, yeah yeah I mean you know they, they isn't there's some stat isn't there that I read that uh, he's he's introduced more uh, he's provided more minutes of on-field action to players who are 18 and under than any other club in Europe. <laughs> but, right. yeah, and, yeah. Uh, uh, so you know he can't argue that he's not bringing the club on. Oh, you know. I'm not having that. What about Stoke under 14s? What about Young Boys Burn? <laughs> yeah, well, let's not get into that one because we've been in trouble with that before. Anyway, go on. <laughs> well, no, I suppose Eustace's uh, card was marked, wasn't it? Once the American owners come in, because you know the, the, when some American owners come in, uh, NFL legend Tom Brady, no less, um, they pretty they pretty much want to make their own appointment fairly soon, don't they? So you know, and they wanted a high profile celebrity manager to make an impact in the states, and uh, Caitlyn Jenner said no. So you know it's <laughs> it's basically. Uh, it's, I did feel that their statement about John Eustace was a bit mean. I mean, uh, it said, they said it's essential that the board of directors and the football management are fully aligned on the importance of implementing a winning mentality and a culture of ambition across the entire club. With this in mind, Birmingham City is today parted company with head coach, head coach John Eustace, which is uh, it just seems really cold to me. Oh, awful! And the same, and and the same when they appoint when they announced and the appointment of Rooney, which was you know we've been looking for a, for a, for a player that uh, that not only is a um, a winner uh, on the pitch but a winner off the pitch, you know, and who fits yeah. our sense of ambition, you know, and yeah. you think, oh yeah, well. 
Have you heard of Jose Mourinho, for instance, who, <laughs> who I think barely got a game? Or Arsene Wenger, you know? Yeah, they want to play no-fear football. That's the thing. And oh. I feel like once they get rid of Wayne Rooney and they start trying to appoint their next manager, that's the answer they're going to get from a lot of people, yeah. you know, if they can't well, treat people but, properly. Uh, but uh, have you, I don't know whether you, like me, have enjoyed the pictures of Wayne Rooney, who looks a little bit like um, um, he's been on a desert island for quite a long time. <laughs> <laughs> he looks like he's been communing with some sort of netball called Wilson, you know, or, or, you know, or met somebody called Man Friday. He's got this strange beard and this sort of uh, almost, uh, you, I quite like him to have a pipe, you know, one, one yeah. of those clay well, he's pipes. he's looking a little bit nautical. Looking like yeah, Captain that, Haddock that, out of Tintin. That is exactly so, exactly so, exactly so. Mm. Good. Uh, and turning, uh, talking about, you know, people uh, uh, running organisations and not necessarily <laughs> understanding what they're doing, let's move on to... And uh, do you know what? We could go anywhere here, couldn't we, really? Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm excited by this link. It seems so open-ended. We could open go <laughs> nearly anywhere in yeah. football, to tell you the honest truth. But just yeah. for the moment... Just because, do you know what? I've got a bit of affection for the local idiots. Let's go for UEFA, uh, okay. which uh, with, who have, with all the stealth and subtlety of Julian Dix, uh, they've uh, <laughs> floated the idea of who, by the way, I always admire Julian Dix. And did you know his brother was called Grantley, which I rather like? <laughs> yeah, that's a, that's, a, that's a lot to do with growing up, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, 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 it's, yeah, brother. I, I, we always, we always used to laugh about the idea of his mum shout, shout, shouting, "Julian Grantley, come in, your tea's ready." I'm thinking they're going to be professional football anyway. Whatever yeah. the uh, UEFA have decided that their plan for the future, not this year, maybe next year, is yeah. to have three leagues of eighteen teams. Yeah. Uh, across Europe to yeah. replace the magic of the European Cup, okay, which is pure, pure, without any shadow of doubt, pure greed, because inevitably it means more matches. But more importantly, um, the number of teams doesn't reduce as the, as, as the, as the, the tournament progresses because it's a no. league. So actually, yes, because it's a league. Yeah, so you have you have the same amount of matches. Uh, well, I know, think, yes, uh, that's what they've done. What they've done is they've taken the number of matches that, say, last year West Ham had to play in order to win the Europa thing that they won, and just uh, which seemed an extravagant number of games to play, yeah. and then yeah. made sure that everybody will play that. <laughs> will play yeah, those. Yeah. Yeah, will play absolutely. seventeen games. Absolutely. Wow. And how? And, and so presumably they're they're going to alternate the homes and aways. Are they over the course of? They're not going to play home and away. Do, do you know, I, play... I didn't. I didn't look at it too carefully because I just thought this is a pile of old shit. But yeah. was it because of the uh, laughing that you didn't look at it too? Yeah, carefully? yeah. And you know, and sometimes <laughs> when when I'm being more reflective and, and philosophical, you know, I wonder why they don't just fuck off. To tell you the honest truth, <laughs> it's just a ridiculous idea. And what all of these all of these uh, uh, groups are doing, the the European Club Association as well, yeah. they're all thinking something's going to happen somewhere else and we need to be there first which is kind of true so so the, the you know the european super league as was hated the premier yeah. league but now they're terrified about the saudi league you know it's and, saudi, just... and also the the uh, saudi are in cahoots with uh, fifa aren't they and there's this club world cup thing that fifa are going to organize to try and uh, you know, siphon money out of the Champions League. So maybe they're just, uh, it'll, it'll just be, because they, ha they, they haven't, um, they barely um, started the expanded Champions League notion. This is the last season, isn't it, of the Champions League with, yeah, before, with the group stages the, that it had. Before the Swiss before they system. Do the before they do the 36 <laughs> team, yes. everybody yeah, yeah. plays everybody else yeah, yeah, uh, yeah, one yeah. third of a time. Uh, yeah. <laughs> no. Well, and, and uh, we've got this, and that's coming with the World Cup. It's coming. It's just coming with fucking everything. It's just, just as you've got Pep Guardiola, we spoke about last week, saying players should strike because they're playing too many games. Uh, the hmm. people that are running football are going more games. We want more games. More, more games. games. <laughs> you know, more games, it's like bring it's it like it. Yeah. yeah, it's like the you know the the, the 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 flogging of slaves or the or the big drum beat on those Roman ships. You know, yeah. more, more, yeah, yeah. more. We want more. It's just, oh, yeah, fuck. Yeah. It's horrible. It's horrible. Uh, yeah, well, yeah. I, I can't. Uh, yeah, well, 
so well, the the three eighteen team league thing will absorb the Champions League and the Europa League, will it? Yes, or? I think that's the di- I think that's the deal. Yeah. So it's like the Europa Conference is one division. Is it, oh, Division uh, Three? Uh, yeah, and then uh, this is listen. <laughs> I I don't understand it, and I really like football and want to understand it. And then the next one's the Europa League, which is Division Two, and then there's the Champions League. But but uh, but there'll be promotion and relegation. But I can't see how that promotion and relegation then works for the next year. If teams if team have done qualify. In their, yeah. well in their domestic league, so what it's yeah. I mean, really what they're saying is we want to be in charge of everything uh, in Europe, which clearly they do. Hmm. Hmm. So this is basically three eighteen-team super leagues by any other name, isn't it? Yes. Yeah. Well, I think it's going to be super league, not so super league. And really, and, quite a long way away. And Vanarama. From being a super, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's exactly what it is. <laughs> it's, it's just, are you, how many, how many possible reasons could you give for saying that this is a shit idea? And yet somehow they've announced it. They've it's, announced it's going to happen, and they, yeah, they didn't stop there, did they? Because they had their ceremony announcing the home country's joint bid for Euro twenty twenty eight, unopposed. Um, so well worth getting together for an announcement of that um, featuring yeah. Gareth Bale and two girls in black headscarves who it turned out were the only two female Muslim referees in Wales apparently they said afterwards but really that reminds that rem- remind you that's such a great phrase it reminds you of Sybil Roscoe who uh, yes. when you remember Sybil Roscoe who, who was uh, briefly the Radio 1 sports correspondent and is now the farming correspondent on um, the Archers um, uh, and was a Stoke fan. This is getting really quite narrow. And yeah. I said to her, why, why, why do you support Stoke? And she said, well, it's because I had a cool cousin. Uh, sorry. She said, I had a cool cousin and he had the only Vesper in Wem. And I said, that, that is your autobiography title. And the same with the only two Muslim headscarf-wearing female referees in Wales. is In Wales, right? yes. Yeah. And they were yeah. there. They were there for the, the press sort of announcement. And then they interviewed them themselves after. And the, the, their reason for being there became clear. But um, I didn't watch the actual event. I wonder if they had a big drum roll reveal thing with a big, you know, dancing on ice pause in it. You know, even though there was only one possible outcome i don't know and apparently there'll be 28 games in england six in scotland and wales and ireland five in northern ireland and one in paraguay apparently i don't know why that is but still <laughs> well what, do you know what actually what i found quite interesting and gareth southgate jumped in immediately saying no we want to qualify well the reason that he's happy to qualify is because you've got five host nations here you've got england yeah. you've got wales you've got scotland you've got northern ireland and you've got uh, era for for to yeah. use the old the Republic yeah. of Ireland, okay, and and UEFA only have it in their gift to give. I think it's two teams. Yes, they've set aside two. Yeah, yeah. So immediately, this is going to cause a load of a load of trouble. And also, here's another thing. <laughs> That's clearly the least the least competed for uh, tournament you've ever seen. Here's another thing. Um, uh, the Republic of Ireland are in the European Union and yeah. the other countries aren't. So you've suddenly got an issue with travelling between countries, haven't you? Uh, which for those <laughs> of us who may have been on holiday in the last three years know about. I, I, think, yeah. I just think it's, um, I think it's, we've gone at it like a pig at a tater. You know, uh, there's a you know there's an offer there's an offer there, but I think we'll find we'll find that it's more like shit to a blanket, and we'll wish we've got rid of it because also there will have been three European finals, you know, national finals at Wembley yeah. in seven years because we played Italy there. And yeah. uh, England won the, uh, the the women's Euros, and then there'll yeah. be another one in twenty twenty eight. That that doesn't seem right, does it? 
It doesn't seem right. No, I mean, I, I'm fascinated by the five host countries uh, and uh, all trying to qualify because uh, uh, one of the reasons that was given was that they didn't want to fall into the trap that Germany have fallen into, where they've not been playing any competitive fixtures and they've been losing them and they've sacked the manager. <laughs> you know, they've had terrible form because they're not competing with anyone. But um, if there are five host countries and there are two places set aside, what if, what if, say for the sake of argument, only one actually qualifies by right. How are they deciding which of the four leftover countries gets the other place? So are there going to be then playoffs for that? Are there? Extra playoffs? It's, it's a nightmare. It's a nightmare. And it's and it's quite clear, Christian, to me, <laughs> that, <laughs> that Gareth Southgate saying, uh, oh, England will go through the normal qualification uh, process is this was part of the reason we got the deal. We got the gig. Yeah. Uh, you, you know, yeah, you yeah, know yeah. this is why we got the gig. That we said, well, don't worry, we'll we'll we'll, 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 we'll qualify we'll yeah, or yeah, something. We'll, we'll, you know, we'll whatever. And uh, yeah, there were other uh, uh, you know photo ops um, and press things going along with this. Thing. And do you see that because uh, it's an international break? This and uh, Gareth Southgate left Raheem Sterling out again. Um, which was very bad news for Rishi Sunak, who had to do the photo op with Harry Kane and Gary Southgate. Gareth Southgate, yeah, oh, who God, are that's enormous hilarious. blokes, yeah. uh, which made it look like Kane had taken up ventriloquism. <laughs> yeah. No, I don't want to go back to the Tory party conference. <laughs> you, could, you could only think if Rishi knew anything about football, he'd go, no chance of picking Stan Cummins then? Because that would have helped. But you're right. The other, the other thing is, so imagine, and, and let's get this... Absolutely right in terms of trouble and history and the way that, you know, the UK and Ireland work. If somehow Scotland feel cheated out of a place or Wales feel cheated out of a place or Northern Ireland feel cheated out of a place or, or the Republic or us yeah. cheated out of a place and a game is suddenly played in one of those countries which involves two of the other home nations... <laughs> it, it's going to kick off, as we used to say in the eighties, fine style. It's going to go <laughs> fucking. In, it's going to be immensely uh, volatile. Uh, and, yes, and you I, would think I, so. I mean, it's 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 uh, uh, it's been designed by a committee. The whole thing, clearly. And uh, to go back to uh, poor old Rishi Sunak, it was fun to see him holding up a shirt that was comfortably big enough for two of him with UEFA Euro 2020 and a lot of letters on the back. UEFA Euro 2028 on the back with just his little feet sticking out the bottom. And uh, <laughs> they apparently made it extra roomy in case he brought his wallet. <laughs> they also uh, photographed him next to a couple of players in those uh, three-quarter length um, tracksuit bottoms uh, so that his trousers didn't look as short <laughs> as theirs, <laughs> as far as I can tell. But anyway, they, they, I mean, they, you know, this is something that isn't just European. This is happening in the world. You know, we're talking about the, the World Cup, weren't we? We were talking about last week about, about mm. Saudi, Saudi Arabia uh, bidding for the 2034 World Cup, and suddenly uh, um, FIFA have gone, yep, and you've got four weeks. To, uh, yeah, to yeah, no, they have. I mean, I, I, they've no sooner uh, uh, announced the fiasco last week of the uh, six-team, three-continent um, yeah. camel that they've designed for the yeah, 2030 yeah. World Cup. Then uh, you, then you suddenly, uh, the thing that you suspected was behind it, which is um, Infantino trying to give uh, the 2034 World Cup to Saudi Arabia. It, it, it suddenly all becomes clear that what he wanted to do was take uh, South America, Africa, and Europe out of the rotation. So Asia are the only continent still standing. Apparently, Australia are interested. But well, they're in that, the Asian Federation now uh, yeah. since 2006. And the Asian Federation has already, without reading anything, without any proposal, backed the Saudi bid. Without any, without any, and other countries have as well. Other countries that Infantino has lined up to back, the, have backed the Saudi bid without, before Australia have received the uh, bid um, specifications. It's, it's, it's entirely stitched up. Of course it is. And what's actually interesting is that all of those strange decisions before that we've had, uh, you know, and, and there's been, you know, talk about about corruption, is that that actually the Indonesia-Australasia bid fits exactly what FIFA have said they want to do, which is bring <laughs> World Cups to different 
areas. Okay, so yes, yes, they've had um, Japan and South Korea, but this is meant to be Indonesia and Australasia, which they haven't done. So they, so they've had Africa, and then they've had the Middle East, and they were saying yes, but this is because. It's a world game. And now suddenly they've got the potential of having two Middle Eastern World Cups very close together and fucking off um, Singapore and uh, and, and <laughs> Australasia and and, and and Indonesia. So, I, you know, I, and this, I know we've been quite serious about this, but I find this fascinating. And clearly, again, all I'm seeing, all I can see is money. That's all I can see. Yeah, yeah. Well, it's, it, it is fascinating to see uh, what looks like um, administrators acting corruptly without with impunity. It, it, it is that they know there's nothing that can be done, despite the fact that, you know, several of them were shoved into the back of cars with blankets over their heads in 2015 after the last time <laughs> they did. They did two World Cup bids in the same, in the same breath. So that they could double dip the the backhanders, yeah. you know. And, and, and can can I just very quickly? Can I just chuck in something that's become apparent to me, which uh, uh, over the years and having watched a lot of football and done the same as you have, that of course in some countries this uh, this what we would call corruption is the way that business is done. You know, it, it, they yeah, would yeah. not think that there was anything morally reprehensible about it. It's you do what you can to get yeah. the result you want. Now, and I'm not making that moral judgment. I'm just saying it's interesting how often um, FIFA and, and 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 their people go to those particular wells. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, uh, it's yeah, true, it, and you know, the, it's not just you know backsheesh. As you're talking about, you know it, yeah. the, the the corruption is visible in in other in other parts of the documentation. In you know not not just give us a free crocodile skin handbag and name the FA Cup after me, which is what that guy South American guy wanted, wasn't he? He get England's vote. England he England would get his vote if he named the FA Cup after him. Yes, <laughs> the yes, Nicholas yes. de Leos Cup. <laughs> yeah, Sa it was sadly devalued now. The Nicholas de Leos yeah. Cup. I have to say, uh, you know, people aren't uh, that interested in winning it. <laughs> no, 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 no. Or a Nicholas de Leos says he's dead, isn't he now? I think. But well, no. um, the uh, the bid document put out by FIFA has some pretty demanding. Uh, requirements like fourteen stadia of forty thousand plus one of eighty thousand, which you imagine Saudi Arabia would cheerfully build using any slave labourers who survived the Qatari construction, and Australia and Indonesia might find that a little trickier unless they can convert some cricket stadia maybe. But also seventy-two. This is uh, uh, rang a little alarm bell for me. Seventy-two training camps paired with hotels, and does that mean we're going to have seventy-two fucking teams by then? It, it sounds like it. And um, there are also exemptions they're demanding from tax liabilities and immigration controls that are frankly much easier to get from autocratic dictatorships than they are from any kind of rational democracies. So, you know, it's not just, oh, this is how we do business. They want, over and above, they want, you know, they want to be exempt from, from any taxation and any immigration controls. And they want pools in the hotels, you know. Yeah. And, 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 and you're absolutely right, because what happens is we want things and people who can offer these things without thinking about it are um, uh, uh, dictatorships or, or, or at least uh, extremely repressive governments and, and they will do what we want. So why would we do that rather than... Go to somewhere that we actually had to talk about uh, whether there'd be a problem. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It seems. Although you know, I'd you would refer them as you as you did uh, a few minutes ago to their mission statement. <laughs> you know. Well, yeah. Well, mission. We talk. We go to we go to mission statement. We go to uh, for, from our own parochial point of view, uh, the independent regulator. And and what's that is kind of happening is that. Um, clubs are now here, and the FCA, which is the uh, sorry the ECA, the European Clubs Association, 
are now kind of asking for an independent regulator because they don't want the Saudi Arabians to create a super league that they can't be in charge of. So it's there's a kind of massive irony here where they're going, oh, <laughs> hold on, that's not fair. If, if it's going to be not fair, it should be our not fair, not their <laughs> not fair. That's what worries me. Uh, that would be too and, unfair. Yeah, 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 come on, come on, we've been unfair with each other for years, we don't need somebody else to be unfair with, Uh, and I I just, I find that very, very, I I noticed that the the, the Saudi Arabia uh, are looking for another club like Newcastle, they've said, did you see that, and and they've gone for for someone like uh, Valencia and Marseille, and and this this group is called the Saudi Entity, which sounds like something in Star Trek, doesn't it? (laughs) Oh, no, it's the Saudi Entity. (laughs) I I like that um, the Saudi bid was uh, uh, Jordan Henderson gave it his backing. Did you see that? And because he sent what... The Telegraph, Sam Wallace, brilliantly called a proof of life video. Maybe <laughs> laugh a lot. Oh, excellent just the, thought, the thought that all these f- footballers have been kidnapped and are being held. Yeah, yeah, in yeah, 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 yeah. And they can do that thing where they, you know where they where they they um, keep closing their eyes and send a message in in Morse saying, yeah, in Morse "Please code, get yeah. me out of here." Yeah. <laughs> yes, please, please send me book about Morse code. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes, yeah. yeah. Please they, they send me a voice. Out. <laughs> I wish I'd not learned semaphore. They won't let me have flags. <laughs> uh, but anyway, the, the, one of the joyful things on the, on the other side of all of this, and we'll have to probably take a break soon, but uh, is the fact that there's been a lot of rumours, which are, is which are classic Messi rumours, which is that Messi's going to go to Saudi Arabia, uh, not again, but he's on, going to on go. Loan. Apparently. On loan, but also at the same time he's going to go to Barcelona on loan, on loan. which is which is the way that 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 um, you know football journalism works, which is just take two places and two people, yeah. one person <laughs> and two places, chuck them in and knock them out in the headline. Exciting possibilities, though, if Messi was to go to Saudi Arabia. Well, I don't know if anyone's thought of, I don't know if anyone's thought about that. <laughs> I, I don't. I mean, I, I'm thinking possibly some sort of sitcom. Uh, that would involve uh, Messi and Ronaldo um, um, sharing a house. Off the top of my head, I'm thinking that Messi gets Jordan Henderson some sort of uh, handyman? (laughs) Very much so. Uh, Messi gets uh, gets injured because he insists on walking around a rehab, holding his ballon d'or, which which creates a a back injury. But then Messi... (laughs) Who says I'll look after him? Uh, 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 takes his uh, his dinner up to bed, and it is in fact Messi's favourite parrot under a silver salver, just huh? like in whatever happened to Baby Jane. Oh my goodness! Well, is that just so, is that just what do you mean? Me that remembers uh, whatever is the whatever idea that, that, that they. The idea that they, that they don't like each other is that the idea? Oh, oh, well, oh okay. I wouldn't listen, Chris. <laughs> you. Better than not better than anybody, but along with lots of other people, no, that love along and, with lots of other, uh, yeah, love is very close to hate, very is. close yeah. to okay. hate. You know, it never okay. was there a story of more woe, more woe than this of Leo and his Ronaldo. So there you go. Ronaldo. Yeah, yeah, well, well, that's yeah, yeah, yeah. that's yeah, absolutely yeah. true. Yeah. And speaking of love being, you know, very close to hate and vice versa, you did see, just before we go to the break, you did see that uh, little Kevin Keegan was in the news uh, <gasps> this week oh, for um, for some remarks that he made at a theatrical event in Bristol, said that he had... So, sorry, 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 yeah. sorry, sorry, sorry. Can we go back to theatrical yeah. event in Bristol. Apparently he was appearing in She Stoops to Conquer. <laughs> <laughs> Excellent choice. <laughs> but, uh, Excellent choice. The, yeah. you know, the sadly forgotten but still brilliant play. Yeah. Yeah, well, there we are. Um, he said that he had a problem, uh, Kevin, with an England lady footballer giving opinions on men's football. And his comments were pretty mild, I think. He said, I'm not as keen, I've got to be honest, 
Uh, you don't have to be honest, Kevin. You just have to be quiet. But anyway, I'm not as keen. I have, I've got to be honest, and it may not be a view shared. Yet not. Um, I don't like to listen to ladies talking about the England men's team at the match because I don't think it's the same experience. Um, he went on to say that he admired the many female presenters, no problem there, presenting, but uh, the expert part of it. And there was a predictable backlash accusing him of misogyny, of gender apartheid, because um, he's not actually banning anyone from doing it. He's just expressing a, a mild opinion. But Ennia Luco called him a dinosaur and called his opinion archaic, uh. nonsensical, and uneducated. Now, Ennia Luco's pretty good, I think. I mean, certainly at the 2018 World Cup, she was a lot better than some of the more celebrated uh, men internationals they hauled in, like Henrik yeah. Larsson and Patrice Evra. But I think uneducated you see, I think that's a bit much. You're just saying stupid, aren't you? And he's not saying anything like that. I think I think that's too much. And calling his remarks abhorrent, I think that's too much. I think that's too much. Well, that's all you know I'm what, saying. Chris? It doesn't happen very often, but I agree with you. (laughs) Well, you know, she called him a dinosaur, and I think, okay. I mean, his show was actually called An Evening with Kevin Keegan, and you don't get much more Jurassic than that, No, unless (laughs) it's the title of his autobiography, which was My Life in Football. No, no, no. But, you know, Kevin, Kevin, you know, when will you learn? Don't make remarks about women pundits. Don't park up for a nap in a lay-by. Don't release bubblegum pop records in Germany. I was a little bit worried. I mean, if Kevin Keegan gets properly cancelled, what would that mean for um, Football Nostalgia Podcast Quickly Kevin? Uh, but apparently they say it'll be all right. They'll just change it to Kevin Spacey. <laughs> well, I, yeah, I agree with you. Uh, there's a number of things there. I, I, I like, I'm sure many people of our generation, I always, I always think, oh, so does that make my, my father abhorrent and unge- ah. uneducated? Um, okay, yeah, well, he was, but that's neither <laughs> here nor there. Uh, the, the point was, if he was a nicer man, uh, that would be really, really unfair. Um, <laughs> I, I just, I think these things... They, I think these things are difficult, but I think a personal attack rather than an opinion is, generally speaking, unless there's an awful lot of evidence behind it, uh, glib and a little bit self-satisfied. And and I would agree with that. It's virtue signalling, is all it is. It's inclusivity, virtue signalling. And, uh, you know, uh, uh, and it's... uh, it lacks a certain um, you, tolerance, I think. I, I agree totally. So we're going to go to the break and uh, enjoy your last half with Chris England in the next half because next week it's me and Katie Price uh, talking <laughs> about football. <laughs> Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. I'm Victoria Cash. Thanks for calling the Lucky Land Hotline. If you feel like you do the same thing every day, press 1. If you're ready to have some serious fun for the chance to redeem some serious prizes, press 2. We heard you loud and clear. So go to LuckyLandslots.com right now and play over 100 social casino-style games for free. Get lucky today at LuckyLandslots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. It's time for today's Lucky Land Horoscope with Victoria Cash. Life's gotten mundane, so shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to Lucky Land. You know what they say. Your chance to win starts with a spin. So go to LuckyLandslots.com to play over 100 social casino-style games for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Get lucky today. At LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply.
Anyway, let us first tear our eyes away from the multi-billion dollar Mission Impossible franchise that is the Premier League, and instead let us tune into another not altogether equivalent big screen adaptation of a 70s TV show, a Mutiny on the Buses, representing here the Vanarama National Conference style League Beneath League League, which is where my team, Oldham Athletic, lurk in the shadows, hoping not to be noticed by any big boys who might kick their asses. You'll remember that David Unsworth was sacked a month ago after a dismal start to the season and that Steve Thompson has taken over as interim manager, assisted by his mate and former boss, Neil Redfern, a former Oldham favourite, no less. And where we find ourselves now is properly enveloped in what I'm going to call now the caretaker conundrum. You give someone the job on an interim basis to give yourself time to sift through the dozens of applications from blokes who've had the chances at other clubs but mysteriously cheesed everyone off there, or blokes who you've heard of from when they were a player who've just done their badges and are looking for a bottom-rung start, or serial failures still trading on that one half-decent season from around the turn of the millennium. And you want to give yourself time to sound out one or two blokes who might have a job, who are doing better than we are in our godforsaken league, who might be tempted by playing at a ground with four stands rather than a leisure centre or an athletic stadium. So you give someone the job on a temporary basis who's never been a manager before and they go on an unbeaten run and lift you up the table. And he said he didn't want the job, but now he does. And he's found his way to the top of the betting. And apparently the players want him to get it. So here's the conundrum. Do you try and bring in someone who will provide a new way of working and give everyone a kick up the arse? Maybe. Or do you give the caretaker a go. Now, sometimes caretakers work out well, don't they? And end up on the managerial merry-go-round in their own right for years to come. Um, by the time you hear this, maybe Steve Thompson will have the job on a full-time basis. The players will relax and start losing again, and the clock will start ticking on him. Certainly, where Thompson is concerned, you know, there are a number of additional nuances to the conundrum. He started well with a couple of good wins, but since then, we've reverted to the infuriating timidity of the previous regime. Four games in a row, we've gone ahead, and then the players have sat back and tried to hang on to what they had, and four times they've allowed the opposition to put on pressure and have let in an equaliser, sometimes a good goal, and sometimes, as against Dagenham and Redbridge on Saturday, a ridiculous looping header that drops with aching slowness just under the bar past the hapless custodian's despairing grasp. So from saying, with this squad, we should be up the top, challenging for promotion, as the bookies predicted, so Unsworth must go, we now find ourselves wondering whether the players are the problem. Maybe they're not as good as all that. Maybe recruitment is the problem. Who's the head of recruitment? Steve Thompson, that's who. Nothing straightforward, <laughs> is it? <laughs> the latest point that should have been three points on paper was at home, as I said, to Dagenham and Redbridge. We committed the cardinal error of going in front in the fourth minute, which gave us 86 minutes plus added time to try and sit on that 1-0 without fucking it up. We made it to the 73rd minute, and then we were so set in our ways and so shattered from chasing the ball around that we nearly lost it and really couldn't have complained if we had. Afterwards, the interim boss said he needed four new players. And the head of recruitment said he'd have to see what he could do. Don't pester me. I'm trying to do two jobs at once here, mate. And the interim boss said, well, you're the one who lumbered me with this bunch of dullards to so sort it out. And the head of recruitment <laughs> said, you've changed, man. You didn't used to be like this. I thought we had something special. And the interim boss said, just do your fucking job or we're both out of here. Now, in the Vanarame, we don't have an international break, of course. We have a fourth qualifying round of the FA Cup break. Local derby away at Altrincham who are our producer Dave's team and doing better than us. So not only are we in the fourth fucking qualifying round of the FA Cup, we're the fucking underdogs. Ah, I hope it's not a draw because they'd move the failed game and I've got tickets for that. But still. Yeah. Well, I mean, I um, and failed, I'm quite interested in because I went to, as I told you, leaked down the... Uh File. Yeah, they just sat the manager, didn't they, on account of having lost to Leak Town? <laughs> uh, well, uh, what's interesting is, is, well, it's not interesting, but, uh, but I think it's a good thing. There's a, there's a lot of people who say, oh, we don't need international breaks, blah, 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 blah. But there's also a counter um, argument, which is go and see your local team, your yeah. local non league team uh, on the weekends. So I'm, I'm meant to be going to see Hanley play Northwich. Um, uh, uh, on 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 Saturday, and I think that's a good thing, and and to be encouraged, and I really enjoyed going to Leek the other week, um, and and I I'm looking forward to Handy v Northwich, and of course that's 
a vision of the future for me because a bit like you, <laughs> Stoke are, are having a, a deeply unsatisfying season. And a bit like you at Oldham, there, there, there was so much positivity um, mm. before the, you know, the, the the first week of the season. Oh, they, oh, now this, now we've got them. Now we've got the squad we've got. Now we've got the team. Now <laughs> things are going to change. And of course, um, they kind of don't. And I, w- I went to Leicester um, uh, to watch Stokes Rooks drift rear guard, uh, get beaten <laughs> comprehensively by Leicester. I mean, Stoke have got a lot of injured players, but, you know, I'm never quite sure if that's enough. Uh, but I tell you what, I had a great time. And do you know why? Because I had the pleasure of meeting the Shawaddy Waddy frontman, Dave Bartram. Oh, at the game, which which reminded me of the great sort of late eighties, early nineties rumor that all members of Shawadi Wadi had a son that played professional football. Do you remember this rumor? <laughs> I do. It wasn't one of them supposed to be Dion Dublin. <laughs> well, exactly so. So the, the the truth is, Scott and Stefan Oakes were guitarist uh, Trevor Oakes' sons, and they were both professionals. Um, right. Scott Oakes, I think, played for Luton. Possibly in that League Cup final. I mean, he he, uh-huh. he was a very good player. Yes, but De- Dion Dublin was certainly uh, certainly uh, a rumor, and and I've been looking I've been looking at this, and people do believe that. And Shawadi Wadi w- w- were not a small unit. You know, I think there were no, like there seven, were plenty of them. There's like seven members. Uh, yeah, and so I, I, and I, I just like people to carry on believing <laughs> that all the members of Shawadi Wadi had a child. So he didn't. He didn't. He didn't discredit the rumor. That's let's say he didn't. <laughs> uh, uh, okay, let's say that. Yeah, let, let, let's say that. Anyway, he was. He was a charming and man. Can I just ask you where did where did you meet him? Was it under the moon of love? <laughs> <laughs> no, it was on the second step to heaven. Is oh, was. yes. Oh, and did, did you and did you go further or, or no? Or, I'm, I'm, I'm sure he wanted through, you to. <laughs> I met him through uh, one of our erstwhile guests, which was John Holmes. The uh, oh yes. The agent of uh, Gary Lineker and indeed and former uh, chairman uh, of Leicester. Yeah, 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 yeah. Who said to me? Who said to me, which I thought was rather lovely. Uh, he said, uh, "Right, I'll, I'll come in the car with you. We'll get in the car park. I'll just tell them I saved this club." <laughs> and it kind of worked. So uh, you know, I admire that, and he, he's a fan man. But yeah, so it's a bad thing, although in some ways a good thing, that you go to a game and the best thing is you've met you've somebody met. from Chawaddy Waddy, you know. Uh, I think I've been to so many games where that would have been the best thing. <laughs> well, yeah, Christ, Christ alone, so have I, so have I, so have I. But, uh, but I would encourage people, and I know this sounds like such a... Oh, I don't know. Uh, you know, joining in on the uh, on the the the, the 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 argument that people want to follow. But if you're doing nothing on Saturday, go and see a local team. It it is it is it is really well. Good yeah, fun. no, Hanley v Northwich stands for um, Northwich is where my my family were from. My grandfather and my father were from there. So oh yeah. right. well, well, now I don't know who to support. No, <laughs> I can't see why you would support Hanley, but still. Anyway, we're well, speaking of clubs that have uh, that have uh, had a poor uh, time so far. Um, there was uh, Manchester United were one 0 down in the ninety third minute to Brentford at home, looking at seven uh, defeats out of eleven in the face. But um, their injury time turnaround against Brentford is now being hailed as the turning point of their season. Um, apparently when they beat Palace in the Carabao Cup, that wasn't the turning point. There had to be some more shit first. But now this is the turning point. Oh, yes. And two goals, Scott McTominay. He usually has to be in Scotland for them to call him that. And said that he was inspired <laughs> by the Beckham's documentary. And, you know, I wonder what part of the Beckham's documentary inspired him particularly. Maybe the bit where... Victoria said she wasn't posh when she was a kid. And David said, tell them what car your dad drove you to school in. And she said, well, there were various cars. And he said, no, go on, tell them. And she said, a Rolls Royce, it was a Rolls Royce. That was quite inspiring. And maybe that would, you know, that yeah, would that get would a couple work. of goals that out of you. Work. And, and Harry Maguire, Maguire Ma- Ma- yeah, Maguire also, said yeah. that. Yeah, He's credited Beckham David Beckham with, yeah. with, you know, something or other. Maybe he found some form. 
while wandering around the spice markets in Qatar. Um, Bex called him apparently after the abuse during the Scotland game saying presumably could be worse they could have burned your effigy and hung it from a lamppost which you know would be a fair point yeah yeah yeah. and Beckham of course is becoming part of uh, Kasim's uh, bid for the for United the the Qatari because he he would then well then he would continue to be an ambassador for Qatar for both uh, (laughs) for both things (laughs) For both uh, yeah, entities. Yeah. And so, uh, oh, the and, Qatari and, and entity so, and uh, the United entity. Yeah. yeah, but there's been a number of things that are very pleasing about, you know, the big clubs, which is, I mean, Sancho, of course, is, 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 yeah. is, is, he's a gift that keeps giving. And he keeps <laughs> giving his, uh, his excellent uh, impression of uh, uh, stroppy Barbara Streisand. Doesn't he? Uh, um, <laughs> by <coughs> insisting that he has to have this and have to, but I've noticed he he won't flounce out because that's Ronaldo's thing. That's uh, Ronaldo's uh, thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah you Ronaldo's don't want a copy. Son. No, 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 no. Mm. And and the other thing I saw this week, and this has been again, uh, un, uh, well, exactly like the United uh, takeover thing has drifted on for years, which is Amanda Staveley, who's yeah. this. I have to say kind of eminence grease is she not that yeah. that that drops into clubs and and allows them to be taken over by various middle eastern countries fine you know and, yeah. and, and yeah. It must be very rich it's nice to have a hobby <laughs> yeah but she she agreed to pay a disputed 10 million pounds back to mike ashley did you see that yeah yeah, yeah, uh, uh, yeah. Which is great because it raises hopes, and I think for all of us, I'm not a fashion. Well, fashion is my first love, but it, it's not. It's not <laughs> my number one love. It means that possibly Mike Ashley will be able to buy a shirt that fits him, because I don't yeah. know if you've ever seen pictures of Mike Ashley without a Newcastle shirt on any other shirt. No way can he do up that top button. He <laughs> he, he suffers. <laughs> Terribly with that. Well, we feel, we have to feel sorry for him and, and thank the terrifying Amanda Stavely for sorting that out. She is terrifying. She is terrifying. She is. And clearly a being from another planet. From another world, um, yeah. Well, exactly. Yeah, yeah. And I thought it was a bit rich of Newcastle, we were talking about them, to claim that the West Ham game at the weekend was a game too far after their exertions in Europe. West Ham are in Europe too. Yes. And they played yeah. on the Thursday. So yeah, they yeah. have a, a day less to recover. They're, they're a bunch of preening... Winges, no. but still, but still, and the big game of the weekend uh, was at the Emirates, wasn't it? As was I, as it happens, my friend Jim oh, having a spare you? season ticket. Yeah, yeah, and it was it was a great occasion actually, but it was incredibly tense. Um, and actually, when I read, and this doesn't happen all that often, but when I read the match reports, having watched the match, you know, I barely recognised the game that I'd been at. And history, I think, truly is written by the winners. And what it looked like to me, and admittedly I was probably infected by the anxiety of the crowd around me, was that City were more or less completely in control of the game, certainly in the first half. They smothered Arsenal's attempts to play out from the back. And, you know, you could see from high up, you could see every option. When um, uh, Raya, particularly, who was in goal for Arsenal, and, you know, even though he kept a clean sheet, it felt like a decent game for Aaron Ramsdale. You know, yeah, yeah. Uh, Raya's in the side, ostensibly because his passing game is better. But he looked really nervous. He looked really tentative. He was almost caught by Julian Alvarez for the most embarrassing sort of goal the keeper can concede, tackled right on the line, and the ball just went the other side of the post. But you could see every time he looked up, uh, the, uh, everything was covered. Everything was covered. And the reason he was in the side was completely kind of negated. And if City knew that this was what was the, the Arsenal's weapon was going to be, they worked, the, in the first half at least, they'd worked it out, you know, it seemed to me. But anyway, but in the, se- in the second half, Arsenal's had a couple of, Martinelli particularly changed the game, I think. <coughs> Pardon me. And in the second half, he gave them an out ball on the left and looked up for it. And and, and and after 86 minutes of doom-laden certainty that City were going to suddenly spark it to life and do something, you know, um, Arsenal scored off Ake's face. And then there were another eight minutes of doom-laden certainty that City were going to sp- spark to life and equalise, and they didn't. And yeah. so it was... It was um, 
It was quite a thing. But the well, punditry they, they, after they... was all about how Arsenal had... Arsenal, they showed on Match of the Day, Arsenal pressing City, uh, you know, uh, uh, when they were trying to play it out. And I think that was the only time they did it in the whole game. And yeah. that was as though this is how Arsenal won the game. And they used one example of the only time they did it. Yeah, and as it turns out, City are in a bit of a slump, aren't they? I mean, ever since they had to get the bus back from Newcastle. Exactly. <laughs> and they've lost all the games that Rodri's been out suspended, so obviously they're missing him. His price has gone up. <laughs> yeah. But it, but actually, Chris, isn't it quite a good... I mean, it, I have to think it's a good thing. I always look at... I mean, Man City have been very dominant. Yeah, I'm not sad about it at all. <laughs> no, but Manchester United were very dominant, weren't they, for yeah. like the best part of 10 years? And the truth is, the, the the fear is that you become Spain or Holland or, oh, yeah. do, do you know what I mean? And Scotland, so even. I, yeah. yeah. So I love it. I mean, you know, it, it, it's not because I don't like Man City, but it's great for Wolves to beat them and for Newcastle to beat them and, yeah, and all yeah. of those things. I wonder if they're missing um, that guy, Mareska, who's gone to Leicester. He seems to be doing very well there. Their former first-team coach. He's playing playing in a similar sort of style, playing very possession football, and yeah, maybe maybe he was part of the setup that that they're missing. But still, hey ho, um, we're unfortunately going to uh, still going to, still talking about refereeing and VAR, aren't yeah. we? I mean, there there was a second edition of uh, Match Officials colon M I C apostrophe D up. Um, Howard Webb flailing desperately as he tried to explain to Michael Owen <laughs> how they were changing the protocol so that the terrible fiasco of Spurs against Liverpool could never happen again. Of course, they went into that. They've had they've had a, a week and a half to try and work out uh, what went wrong there. But everything it seems to Howard Webb, everything is a learning. This is the yep. thing he loves to yeah, say. Yeah. It was a yeah. learning. It was a learning for us. I mean, Webb's explanation is like constant noise. There's no punctuation or pause for breath, talking with his hands, moving from foot to foot, on the go all the time. He's like a chef telling you, right, we're just going to pop that in the oven and now while that's doing, we're going to take our celery and we're chopping, we're chopping, chopping, nice and fine. Yeah, and he yeah, yeah. goes on the whole bloody time. I, th- right I, think I, f- I find when I listen to him, it's a bit like... Um, uh, not that it's something I've done very often, but you know the the, the tarot card reader, who who pulls out a card and it's death and goes, no, that's a good card actually. That's a learning. Death is a good, <laughs> yeah, that's a good card. No, no, you'd be surprised. <laughs> well, unfortunately, in his incredibly breathless and drawn out explanation of the new protocol established as a result of the Luis Diaz fiasco, he gets it wrong and he says, "What should have happened? What should have happened is this: uh, check complete, offside confirmed." And you think, no. No, that that's not he, he, what should have happened. Uh, you know, check complete, onside confirmed. Side confirmed. Yeah, it, yeah, yeah. It's like the program needs a VAR to correct clear and obvious human yeah. errors by Howard Webb. You know, it, and there was another really interesting thing about the audio of that. You remember the the wrinkle that uh, the replay operator was saying that Ollie was calling in, and Ollie is their boss. Ollie yes. was their boss calling in to say, stop the game. You know, you can stop the game. There's yeah, been yeah, a mistake. Yeah. And they're going, uh, they, and, and you heard that they were going, no, no, they can't, they, uh, we can't do that. It's the, the it's, we, it's too late. It's against the rules. But as, the bit that they hadn't played before, Darren England goes, Ollie. <laughs> and he thinks the replay operator is talking about Michael Oliver, who's the fourth official. And on the tape, he goes, Darren England goes, Ollie, question mark. And Michael Oliver goes, yeah. (laughs) So Darren England doesn't realise which Ollie he's even being told about. And the whole thing is just a, another great reason for referees not to refer to one another by nicknames, which is yeah. which is horribly clubby, I think. But still, well, there's a, I mean, I've seen a, I've seen a couple. I mean, of course, these are from across the world, but I've seen a couple of great uh, VAR uh, errors whereby uh, a player has been sent off. Um, uh, and by the time he's called back on, because he shouldn't have been sent off, he's virtually in his, uh, you know, going home clothes, <laughs> which is always, which is always very cle- pleasing. And another one who um, gets sent off and is then called back on and is then sent off for dissent. Oh, 
Okay. For, for, for arguing yeah. that he shouldn't have been sent off. It's, it's like, that he shouldn't what? have been sent off. No, this, I mean, well, to, you know, to quote Alan Shearer or Jamie Carragher or almost every everyone else, you just want consistency, don't you? You just want consistency. In our yeah. game against Dar- Dagenham Redbridge, which I was talking about earlier, their, their big nuisance of a striker, Ineffion, was booked very early on for kicking the ball away, which is, you know, not too far, but still, referees are clamping down on that, aren't they, furiously? And sure enough, he comes trotting over with his card out and makes a big deal of it. And then later in the game, Effiong did exactly the same thing again. Actually, slightly more petulant, if anything, kicked it further away. And surely, surely, you have to give a second yellow for that. But no, the ref bottled it, or else gave him the benefit of the doubt. Didn't want to send someone off for twice kicking the ball away. But you just want consistency, don't you? You just want consistency. That's, That's all you want. That's interesting, Chris, because there is, there is definitely, and I think players feel this, so it's more fans that don't understand, is the threshold for a second yellow, players feel, should be higher than a first yellow. Should be higher, yeah. But that, that clearly makes, uh, makes uh, no sense. And the other, the other one, that, which is just so inconsistent, is the demanding for a card. Yeah. Uh, which early in a the game, they'll do it thinking, well, that's got rid of that. And then it happens later and they go, oh, shit, it, it hasn't got rid of it, but I don't really want to be sending anybody yeah, off. Yeah, you want to be sending someone off. I mean, I, we said last week that uh, Udogi should have been sent off for that, uh, in, you know, in the incident where Jota was sent off, which the PGMOL, oh, no, the panel, the, the panel of people uh, said shouldn't have been a red card, didn't they? Whereas Kovacic uh, against Manchester City should have been a red card and was looked like a red card live. And when I watched it on match the day after, I couldn't yeah. believe it. You just couldn't believe it wasn't a red no, card. No, 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 no. I saw, I saw, I saw quite a good comment from somebody who said, um, you know, you you know when they've got the, the 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 official in the studio who's who's neither the uh, the the VAR official or a member of the uh, of the team. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. Um, they said he should be kept in like a hermetically sealed box and not allowed to see any of the decisions till after the game and not know the score and then go, okay, what do you think about that? Oh, well, he'd be dead, wouldn't he? Because he's in a hermetically sealed box. Well, uh, yeah, okay, well, w- with an aquiline. <laughs> what is this box? Is it Tupperware? Is it giant Tupperware? I, well, I quite like <laughs> the idea of that because it's yeah. like, because they're not then playing the game, which a lot of them do play, which is, well, I know what he's thinking. And you're going, well, no, yeah. you don't know what he's thinking. Oh, I can understand the prep. No. And, yeah. and that would be, I think that would be an interesting, an inter- I, I don't know whether it would help, but it would certainly be entertaining, don't you think? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I think, I, well, there, there were people um, after the Spurs Liverpool in the last, for the last week and a half have been saying, uh, Postacoglu said he thought VR should be scrapped. Southgate secretly thinks so too, but thinks the genie won't go back in the bottle now, or the lamp or the ring or whatever the fuck it is. But um, the technology thing, once it's, ah. Uh, but do you see the the, the uh, any of the uh, rugby World Cup? You see the new technology they've got there, which is uh, a clock counting down uh, how long they've got to take a penalty. Uh, and oh yes, yes, I was, yes. And I was watching this. I was watching this. Uh, you know, Owen Farrell lining up a kick and the clock's ticking down. And I was thinking while I'm watching it, even though England are losing seventeen eleven and there's only a few minutes to go, I think yeah, it'd be funny, wouldn't it? Though if he got counted out, I wonder if that's you know if that's even happened yet. And, you know, sure enough, it got down to zero. He still hadn't done it. And then he kicked and he scored, but it was disallowed. And it was kind of funny. <laughs> and, 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 do you know what, and do you know what's funny about that? From, uh, you know, and I know nothing about rugby, but people tell me that they deliberately play to that uh, time limit. Yeah. You know, they, they're they look, yeah. if it's towards the end of the game, they will try and take as long as they possibly can yeah, to yeah. run down the clock. And so, you know, I'm afraid... Game management. We love a bit of game management, don't well, we? It's, we a love word, a it's a word we're not allowed to use, but it's kind of cheating, isn't it? That's it's kind of cheating. It is. It's, it's, it's very cynical. Yeah. And, uh, I, and I say, it's amazing that someone got hmm. caught out and amazing that, uh, that it was when there was 17-11 down right. and a few minutes to go and it would have brought them within reach. But still, hey ho! And speaking well, of uh, other sports, you know, have you been watching any of the cricket World Cup? Because you know, the uh, the uh, the first game where we got walloped by New Zealand, and the second game where we 
did similar to Bangladesh. And I, yes. I, I was, I've my expectations have gone right down because apparently the England team are wearing Castore shirts. Did you ah, see that? Yes, the shirts see. are by Castore, and you can tell they are <laughs> by the way that some of them have England in small letters and some of them are England in big letters on the chest. <laughs> well, and they've been moaning about the handling of the ball and they've been talking yeah. about it being to do with the, with the you know, with the the, the, the weather, to, with, uh, the you humidity, know, to do yeah. with the humidity. Yeah. Uh, when you think, well, it's only France. It's not like, it's not Singapore, you know, it's, yeah. it's not that far away. Um, but oh, that's yeah. interesting. Oh, that, no, the England, I mean the England cricket team. The England cricket team have been playing. Oh, yeah, yeah, sorry. I beg your pardon. Yeah, yeah. I beg your pardon. I was yeah, yeah. you meant rugby. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Um, <laughs> and the other thing that's come out just, I think it was just today, which, which is the early uh, results on what this extra time means, this, this um, yeah. time added on. Did you see that? Yeah, yeah. I did and see that, saying, and I, I was thinking about that um, at the weekend. Uh, you know, when you're at when you're actually at the game, and uh, they, uh, they they put up the uh, half time, they put up or oh, the match official has uh, fourth official has said there'll be two minutes of additional time, and hundred literally hundreds of people got up at that moment and headed for the toilet. And you can see them streaming up the, not, not, you know, not micturating. I mean, just, you know, people, uh, crowds of people <laughs> yeah. heading for the, for the toilets. Oh, and yeah. they, have you not been reading this? That there are, there are literally three times as many, um, added time goals as there were last season. Three times. Oh, yeah, it's well, not. Uh, it's, it's thirty-two v eleven. It is. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, and, yeah, uh, yeah. So where do we, why? What are people thinking? Getting up and going. Well, at forty-five minutes. <laughs> well, the I mean, but the other thing that I find fascinating, and, and this is again comes back to the psychology of how it works. Time is not added on at the same rate in the first half as it is in the second half. And well, there are usually more substitutions, and they're usually, uh, and the, if people are going to get done for time wasting, it's usually in the second half. You know, what well, you say there? And we've, we've seen plenty of players book these this season for time wasting in the first half. And talking mm. of time wasting, we must have really outstayed our welcome today. So we should we we should probably finish. Um, and so, Chris, if you go, I've got another five minutes to do. <laughs> okay. See ya. Sports Social Podcast Network Step into the world of power, loyalty and luck I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse With family, cannolis and spins mean everything Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather, now at chumpacasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply.